1: Hey, welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. I'm not sure what number we're at here, but we're really glad you're with us. Um, I'm Joel Grote.
2: And I'm Lynn Wilder, and we're not alone again today. I know,
1: we're so blessed with guests, and we have two.
2: We have a couple with us today, a married couple. Joel and I have talked about doing a series on marriage and relationships and how they're often impacted as one person finds faith in Christ, the other doesn't. One's leaving performance-based religion. It can be hard on a marriage sometimes.
1: Very, it totally disrupts the marriage dynamic. so.
2: So we have with us Ray Link, who grew up LDS. Yep. And Stephanie Link, his wife, who has never been Mormon, but has a huge heart for folks in performance-based religion. Fairly new believers. And yes, so... always
1: exciting. And we have an episode with Ray on his own and an episode with Stephanie on her own. So not sure where those are going to fall in the podcast series, but look for them. So, find them on
2: the website. Yep,
1: unveilinggracepodcast.com. And we're on iTunes. I'd really hope to get us on Spotify at some point, too. But on iTunes, you can find us. You, you can subscribe. It's all free. Um, we have show notes. We have transcripts. So, yes. yeah, feel free to check us out. Leave us a rating or review if you haven't. We love to hear comments from people. So so, let's pick up where
2: with... Ray was not okay. so long ago. He was just beginning to tell us about his amazing transformation, having found the Lord Jesus. He... Wandered from Mormonism in his teens, and then having a child when his child was ten, the child was interested in faith, which is very often the case, right? And then the parents began going to a church. and Ray said that he actually took a Bible, um, went to a Bible college or something, and began church Bible Institute probably to learn and to learn the word. Mm -hmm. So pick us up there, Ray. And then put your wife in the picture. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so, yeah, we went to. I went and did a two-year Bible um, college at at the church we were attending, um, and I and it was mainly just to learn more about the Bible. Um, right. It wasn't like. When you graduated after the two year, you had the, you, know, you could get the opportunity to be on staff or actually they would place you somewhere in, okay. the, in another church or you know, they would help you. Right. But that wasn't really my goal. The end goal wasn't. It was just to learn more about the Bible and God and Jesus. Right. Um, because, and then as you're studying,
1: you come to personal faith yeah. in Christ for the first time.
3: Correct. Um, wow. And so, and it was just doing my own research because that's who I am. But like I said before, and now are are you
1: expected to read the Bible? So like, what kind of Bible reading are you doing during this? So
3: we actually had to read the whole Bible. Okay. It, we were doing. We did. It was uh, chapters at a time. So it was you know because the whole first year was all you know scripture. So how many times did you like read through the Bible then over
1: the course of like those two years? Probably eight. Okay, so you oh. read through the whole Bible like
3: eight times, yeah, in two years. Yeah,
2: wow. plus you went deep.
3: Yeah. with the yeah. study. Yeah. Well, I was like caregiver for uh, Stephanie's dad, my father-in-law. Okay. So I didn't really have much else to do. Um, so you've got. So thing. well, yeah. what a great, what a great way to use your time <laughs> to just immerse yourself in Scripture. Yeah, it wasn't like, but it wasn't like, okay, like, so in my mind, I was doing research, so it wasn't like. Ah. You weren't reading you it were. to, to know the God of the Bible. You were right. actually, but what was the result? To, I do, I found out. Found God. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the so incredible So, how heart.
2: exactly did that happen? Was there a big aha moment, or?
3: so the the prodigal son was a big one for me. Sure. I never had heard that before. Yes. And then the pastor, when he actually spoke a sermon on it, okay. And I was like. That's crazy. And then if you think about it, you know, it's Jesus waiting on us.
1: Okay, yes. So, um, so your first thought is when you hear the story, that's crazy for the father to take that son back. Right. I mean, he right. doesn't deserve that at all. Correct. And yet you came to the point where you saw yourself
3: mm-hmm. as the prodigal. Right. And Jesus waiting with open arms. Correct. Because we had, you know, when I had turned away from Mormonism, we had I had done a lot of, you know, stuff that looks you know, like would. the prodigal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. God wouldn't have loved. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in um, a religion versus a relationship, you you start to wonder how can God love me because I do all these things every day. Right. Yeah, my performance is really pretty pitiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then you read the scripture that um, Paul, I think, he says, "I do what I don't want to do." Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, you know Romans chapter seven. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to reference that in the show notes and the story of the prodigal son too. Mm. And um, you know, you read those stories, and it's like even even people that Jesus chose to follow Him did things messed up yeah. big time. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty you know it gets it's pretty awesome the Bible is so <laughs> right. And 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 and, you and then
1: there's it. there's healing. So grace yeah. brings healing to the relationship, to our own moral guilt, to our own feeling of not matching up.
2: So, so he's finding the Lord, but I believe his wife found the Lord even earlier. Yeah, I that. want so, so
1: bring Stephanie into the story. So how did you guys meet?
2: <laughs> we
4: met working at Dairy Queen together. <laughs> uh, okay. So like when? Like I How was, old are you? I was 16. He was 18. Okay. Um, and we've... Fell in love. I was raised um, in in the Presbyterian Church, but I was uh, a nominal Christian. I did not accept Christ until I was 29, and wow, it was okay. it was that time that my husband was talking of when our son asked us about going to church. Um, that instance brought so much conviction to me because I knew that I had been, uh, I guess, faking it, just living that. Professing to be a Christian, but um, you know, my son said to me, "You say you're a Christian, but there's no fruit."
1: Wait, wait, your son? How old was your son when he sends this to you? Ten. Wow. He was was
4: attending a Christian uh, school, and the Christian school had talked; they had gone through the Book of James. And so Mm -hmm. he just was like, "Mom, you say you're a Christian, but you have no fruit," and that just like I left the <laughs> I left the conversation, bawled my eyes out. And wow. um like that was just a moment of, oh my goodness, I'm under like so much conviction. And then I was like, I gotta get right with God. Um so we, we went to church that very I don't know if it was the next day or the day after. Um I was like, I gotta get my family back in. Uh, my Husband didn't go the first week, but he did the second week because that was the time that he got to pick the church.
1: Okay, sure.
4: <laughs> so because he was like, I don't really want to do that church because it's too traditional. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's fine. We'll look somewhere else. Um,
1: okay. So. so is it because you've got enough knowledge because of your Presbyterian background? Yeah, that you, know mean, grace, was... you know about grace, you know about Jesus as Savior, but it had never been a personal Thing with you
4: right I mean I knew how to fake it I guess and to say that say what I needed to say and it was not a true relationship and God hadn't really opened my eyes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know at that moment that my son had um, shared that with me like that really conviction um, the conviction hit me I just started reading the word a lot Okay, uh, so um, any
1: particular scripture that really resonated, that really hit home, that God used to show you your need? Definitely. And, okay,
4: <laughs> um, Ephesians is what I ended up opening my Bible to in mm-hmm. uh, two, eight, and nine, for it's by grace that you're saved through faith, that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, mm-hmm. um, and it's it went from um, I was you know I was also in a, a school that even though they didn't preach legalism, it came off. As legalism to me, and I thought that I had to live this life, so I kind of wasn't able to do the checkbox thing. Right, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I wasn't living up to what I thought I needed to do, and um, so I, I gave up. And that's where you know my husband and I <coughs> went into that rebellion had earlier. Sure. So.
1: So then you guys are childhood sweethearts. Yeah. And you get married eventually.
4: Yeah, we got married just. Um, when I was eighteen I was actually a senior in high school. Okay. Um it was five weeks after our son was born.
1: Okay. Oh, just just <laughs> yeah. your trajectory together. So at that point when you get married, neither one of you have any real serious interest in God. I,
4: I would say not. I no. was just trying to go to like go ten to years kind of, of just please kinda... my parents, I would say okay. more than anything. I I believed in God. I just didn't know what I believed, and I actually ended up when I was in college um, at IUPUI, I went and took a religion class because okay. I, I wanted, it was a comparative religion. They didn't even touch Christianity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, but it was like learn about Taoism and Confucianism and mostly Eastern religions. Okay, and, sure. Because uh, I was just questioning my faith, and okay. I just kind of left it at that.
1: So did you know about Ray's background in Mormonism then?
4: Um, I did. My mother... Okay, so my grandmother had just converted to Mormonism about the same time we started dating. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. So you've got now her, your grandmother, (laughs) converting. So
4: my grandmother converted, was trying to convert my mom, and so my mom had just looked into it, and she's like, Stephanie, you know what church it goes to, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, it's a cult. And I said, you don't know what you're talking about, because I had already spent oh, I don't know, a good hour talking to my husband about it, um, our boyfriend at the time, and I yeah. was like, he says the same thing, so I don't think you know what you're talking about. Mm. Um, not so
1: understanding that he'd kind of not accepted all the unique kind of differences. Well, I think it was
4: because the language barrier between the yeah. Mormon yeah talk The terminology all yeah. 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 yeah, and let's camp on that for a minute, okay? Yeah. So... I mean, he said he believed that Jesus died on the cross for his sins, and that was how he was getting to heaven. And uh, as far as I was concerned, that was what I believed, and I didn't understand that uh, when he spoke of Jesus, he was speaking that Jesus was his spirit brother. He didn't really die for for his sins for to get to heaven in the same sense that what I was saying.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So now within
1: Mormonism, there's a whole lot of performance that has to go on for you to actually make it.
2: To, to the celestial life. kingdom, yes. yeah. So Mormonism and mainstream Christianity using the exact same words, but not one of them having the same meaning, but mm-hmm. people not picking up on that who Correct. aren't familiar with right. what Mormon words mean or Christian words Right. Mean. It took yeah. me a really long time to figure out that
4: we weren't saying the same thing. And I'm, because we didn't have a lot of spiritual conversations anyway. So it, you know, years down the road, I mean, a good, at least 10 years down the road, it took me to figure out that we weren't saying the same thing. Okay.
2: So did your marriage change when you both found the Lord? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <How did laughs> change?
1: Yeah. Sorry. So, so Ray, kind of give us a before after
3: change? picture. Yeah. 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 Well, um, when we first had started dating, we were both like, you know, doing things that, you know, obviously we had a kid at in high school so we were doing Mm -hmm. things that we shouldn't have been doing Um, I had went away to Virginia to go whitewater rafting and then you know came back and she had went to a party and you know she didn't she didn't do anything but in my heart she did right okay yep Um, and so like I held that on her for a really really long time Mm -hmm. and I think that's why like the prodigal son like and the grace thing was really big for me And when, you know, and now I, things like, like, I just, it was like, it was just like, I let her, I let it go. Like, I don't hold things into people anymore. You
2: forgave her. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but. You gave the grace that you had been given. Right. Yeah.
3: And like, it was so hard for me, like, to do that before. Like, I just couldn't do it. Mm
2: -hmm. But then,
3: when I realized how much God and Jesus loves us, or, you know, Jesus loves us and gave us that much grace, it's just that much easier for you to, you know, release that onto other people and especially since he says to do it and so like that was like a big a big thing for me and i don't know if it was you know for stephanie but um but that was like well let me let me ask
1: stephanie so what's it like to live in the relationship where you know your husband's kind of holding this over you you've said nothing happened he doesn't believe you that has to mess with the whole
4: i mean he actually internalizes a lot of stuff so honestly like I knew it bothered him, but I didn't know it bothered him for that long. Okay. <laughs> so All right. I'm learning this now too. Yep. Um, but you,
1: but you know, still have to feel that Yeah, I do, I do know that like
4: we did have, um, he did have some trust issues with me, but he was like, I'm sorry, I'm working on it. Did not have the intimacy that we do now. And I, I can say that's the biggest thing because we can, um, we have so much grace for each other. Where we didn't before, like, it was very, like, he would be very harsh to me. I would be harsh right back. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, like, I'm actually proud of how we interact in front of my kids now versus what we did before, as far as showing a good example of what a marriage should be.
1: Yeah. So how many children wow. do you have? We have two. Okay. Um, do you have Isaiah, who is now Isaiah. how old?
4: is our 16-year-old. Okay. The, the one that was 10 when he was... Sharing saying, yeah. Jesus with me, basically, <laughs> and um, our daughter is ten now. Okay, like, her name's Adriana. Okay, so we just have the two.
1: Yeah, and and they
4: both know
2: the Lord. Or? They do. Yeah. Um,
4: our son was actually baptized with us. Um, wow, I don't know how many years what an type experience! Oh, how yeah. cool. Okay, so, and then our daughter was just baptized almost just about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so she was actually wanting to get baptized before that, but she was scared to go under the water. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's, that's
1: pretty common with, you know, with kids, especially that young. And yeah. who was it? Somebody was telling us, one of our interviews with somebody else, they were scared... To get baptized, because they'd heard within the Pentecostal religion they held you under until you saw a white dove. Yeah, that was a good That was yes. <laughs> yeah. that, that you know, and so for her That's baptism funny. was you know you got you got your held held on your head held on the water until you saw a white dove like, and they wouldn't let you up until that happened, and so that was just like. Scared her to <laughs> death. She didn't, and I mean, it was mythology. They really yeah. don't do that, but she'd heard that. And but so. that
2: brings another good question: Was the baptism itself any kind of healing experience, or? It do you want was. To tell us about that. It was. So we were
4: actually on vacation. I remember when he told me that he wanted to get baptized. We had been uh-huh. listening to a whole bunch of sermons all the whole twenty-two hour drive down Florida. Um, wow. And. um he he was like, I think I want to get baptized, and I just about like cried. But that's when had just so started
3: the church. Okay, uh-huh. you know where uh-huh. we were. Okay, so that's why we were listening to all of them because I was like, I got that. Who I just had that more. Yeah, yeah, that
2: but seems to the be the Holy Spirit sign awakens a of hunger, salvation, and being born again, doesn't it?
1: Right, God that gives you this hunger, hunger for the Word and a hunger yeah. for knowledge of yeah. the truth. Yeah, So you almost cried because cause because of, I was cause so you're so because you're yeah. so excited because I
4: had actually been praying for him. We had been in the church for a little bit longer um, because I I know I had my entire um, small group. I had several small groups that I was involved in praying for him. women's okay. small groups. And because we all knew, I was like, he's either there or he's really close. And I can't quite tell. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: that, and that is so, and this is the other thing that we try to bring up from, and it's probably a good time to bring it up with the podcast listeners is the salvation experience is a work of God in our life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's in, for some people, it's like this, this like light to dark and you go, Oh, this is when, and for other people, it's much more of a process Mm -hmm. where God has regenerated your heart. Um, He's made you his child, but the personal awareness that that's happened may take weeks or months. And so to say, well, it it happened right here. Well, I don't know. All I know is at this point in my life, I wasn't. By this point in my life, I knew I was. Mm -hmm. And so where, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't have on this day, on this hour, at this minute was, if you don't have that, that does not negate no. your salvation experience right. or the fact that you are an adopted child because it's it's different. And I just yeah. I always want to because there's some people who can't and it's like well that's that's okay. Do do you know a time when you weren't, <laughs> and do you now know a time when you knew for sure you were? Yeah. That's
3: that's the defining. Some and there's that. have to work through that pain too. Right. Oh, it's a yeah. It's and a you process. have to like like with for me it was I'm meeting with the pastor for lunch and I'm meeting with this pastor for lunch because I'm gonna find out everything about this church before I actually give my heart and soul to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it's wrong, I'm not I'm just gonna be done with it. <laughs> right. Because you
1: know, okay, I've gotta have a place that's got the truth that's right. that's right.
2: And yet it's not about the organization right Right. Right. and it's not about a particular denomination it's about getting into the word finding out who god is Mm -hmm. and getting solid in who you are in him and then allowing the holy spirit to work out your salvation you are not working in. Right, no. the holy spirit is working yes. in you then to change you through this sanctification right. process right talk about process yeah so hard
1: yeah and so you and and pointing people to scripture is what we really like to do uh then that, mm-hmm. that's far more effective to let the word because mm-hmm. the word is the tool that's powerful it's sharper than a two-edged sword that's what pierces body soul spirit mind marrow all those things i mean it just yes. penetrates and if we can encourage anyone, but especially people in performance-based religion. And I agree with you. John, if I ever have a chance to encourage people, it's the book of John, the gospel of John. It's Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Romans. Those are the, the I think, three of the best. And then mm-hmm. then Paul's letter to the Galatians. Galatians,
4: I was going to say. That's
1: is also, also one of my
4: other favorites. To tell them to well,
1: me. we are at time. Can you believe it? This has been such a rich episode. Thank you guys so much. I don't know. Thank you.
2: Yeah, we didn't really explore the merit. Can I explore that a little more? So we've got a little more on tape.
1: Sure, yeah. We can. Let's go ahead and do it. There are off. There are sometimes two versions of the podcast. There's a 27-minute version that airs on Utah KUTR radio, and so it's limited. But then if we have a longer extended version, the longer version is always what will go on the website. And that's what we'll do this time, I think. So if you're a KUTR listener, we'd encourage you to go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and get whatever it is that we snip out to make it fit 27 minutes. But yeah, yeah if you guys yeah, have, have got have time, let's do it. I one
2: major... I just have one more question that okay. I'd like to explore to bring this back. Sure. Because this episode is supposed to be about marriage and we want to do a series on marriage, right? right. So I... I'd like for you to tell us what kind of things you do or recommend that couples do that's different for couples that are in Christ mm-hmm. than not being in Christ, and what kind of things have kept your marriage solid? Um,
3: yeah. yeah. Um, we read the Bible together in bed instead of, like, watching movies or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, we'll watch a movie like Brighton. a TV show or something, but then before we go, we'll read the Bible together. Cool. Um,
2: Mike and I do the same.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's it's intimate that way,
3: yeah. right? It is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's how, like...
3: And the kids aren't there.
1: You know, they're in the room, so... <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Got to have that time away from kids for... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I
4: yeah. think um, something that um, my husband has really done with me is um, I, I have some serious anxiety issues and um, he just reminds me repeatedly, just, you know, we can trust God, he's got this. He, ha- he has several health issues, so it's always about medical bills and he's like, God's got this. You don't need to worry, he'll take care of it. Mm, yeah. So he's always very reassuring and then whenever I start to doubt, he brings me back that that God
2: God's in control. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. that peace that passes understanding, Mm -hmm. right? That the Bible talks about that no regardless of your circumstances, Mm -hmm. you're in the center of his peace and it's it's all good. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Just let it swirl around. And joy
1: is found in the presence of God and knowing he's present with you. And that I think is the thing that really within performance based religion is so often lacking because if it's dependent on my performance, there's always the question of, well, can I really expect God to show up?
4: Mm-hmm. Can I
1: really expect him to care? And so then in your marriage to both be on the same page with grace mm-hmm. and find a grace that's healed your marriage, healed your relationships, both with each other and with God, then you can both pour that that joy, that confidence mm-hmm. in. And that's such a cool thing, I think, to have in a marriage. That's a real game changer. Yeah. Because. If it's not one, it's the other. I know for Lois and I, we take turns. We have to tag team because there's times one of us is just yeah. really struggling, and the other one kind of comes along and says, "No, this is where we're going." This is, and there's times that it's the other one, and then yeah. and
3: we do it for each other. Um, and that's why that's why God made us together. You know, that's why He, you know, that's why He put us together so that way. You know, you always have one person that
1: absolutely to complement to hold. Correct. Um, Proverbs says. Uh, one alone, you know, can fall and there's no one to help them up, but two together um, mm. find strength, something like that. Yeah. I'll be happy when we put in the show notes because <laughs> I may have just butchered that one horribly, but we'll put the right passage there. So, yeah.
2: Well, thank you for letting me ask one more question. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's
1: good stuff. And thank you, Ray and thank Stephanie for, yeah. for being with us and being so candid about your relationship and your struggles and your relationship with God now. And mm. we just pray God will continue to bless your lives and, don't be strangers. Who knows? Hmm. We yeah. may revisit this again sometime. That'd
3: be awesome. It would be. Mm-hmm.
1: Bless. All right. And to our listeners, thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, we trust that the podcast is helping your life and relationship flourish. And we really want you to experience a grace that heals. So don't be a stranger. Look us up, unveilinggracepodcast.com. And uh, let us know if we can help you. If this has raised questions with you, you can write to Lynn or I we so much love it when people write us with questions or comments. Um, we read all those, we get back to people. Um, we want to help you out because we really want to see your life and relationship flourish in Jesus, also. Mm. So, Grace thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace Podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.